again, it is early. I need to turn off my alarm that went off in the middle of that segment. Mercedes tweeted, I mean, again, admin, of course, is always on it, but they had tweeted a picture just of everyone and wrote dream team. And I'm like, is this a dream? Because it really feels like it is. Like, it is very early, so I don't know what's going on. And I might still be asleep. I don't even know if we're really recording right now. This all just may be me fabricating that the W14 is black. And I'm going to wake up and it's going to be silver. Yeah, it does feel like a dream. It's the early morning haze. It's fine. It's just before 8 a.m. for me. And before 5 a.m. for you. Yes. And the W14 is black. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. We are recording this, not just at those times, but it is Wednesday, which means it was Mercedes lunch day. And Mercedes lunch happened in the middle of the night for both of us. So we woke up, both in our different time zones, immediately put it on, and then screamed for at least an hour because the W14 is black. The W14 is black. I really didn't believe it. I was like saying with every admin post or tweet that they put out that it's like, oh, black car appreciation post. And I'm just like, haha, this teasing is so funny. But like, you know, it's going to be silver. And it wasn't. <laughs> like, it was black. It was so black, beautiful. Oh my God, it looks great in black. I am. It's going to be fast. She says confidently. <laughs> it better be fast. Because right. they better not ruin the black livery. But right now, I'm living in, they wouldn't choose that livery if they were even a smidge not decently confident that that car's going to compete. And Toto looked cheery and just happy to be there. And everyone had great vibes. They would not make it black if they right now did not think it was going to be fast. I think that's correct. Reminder, you can watch us on YouTube if you want to see right now, which is like Nicole doing a happy dance, like me every two seconds, just like squealing silently because I don't want to interrupt something Nicole is saying. We are both in celebratory Merc gear. I am wearing purple for Lewis. Nicole is in last year's Lewis Hamilton shirt with the splatter paint. It's a good day. (laughs) As, As we are recording this, the Mercedes is on track in Silverstone. So if for some reason something bad happens on that and you're going to be hearing this after that, we don't know that yet. All we know is the car is black and the car is black. <laughs> That's all we know right now. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. And it's George's birthday. Those are, those are the two things I know to be true today. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, George Russell. Even though Happy birthday, George. When this is released, it will be your birthday yesterday. And you can listen to this at any time this week. So I don't know. <laughs> but... I can't believe the W14 is black, and I probably will interject six times throughout this podcast celebrating that. It's a really positive reminder, so I encourage that. Because the W14 is black. They did it. They really... Wow. Wow, wow. Uh, All right, before we get into this today, we do have a couple of, like, pod housekeeping things that we don't normally do at the beginning of the pod so if you don't make it to the end of the pod normally we give updates then uh, but this is officially our last pre-season podcast nicole thank god i know i'm, I know. I'm I, you know car launches are fun but i'm i'm ready for more cars on track yes yes please and i want i want times like i want to start seeing the stopwatch go and i just want to start cementing things in my brain it's been so long since you've sent me a voice note breaking down lap times and comparisons of drivers and teams and all of those things. Next week, we're going to do our full 2023 season preview, but we're doing it with our own twist because we're not journalists. We're not engineers. So we're going to be giving you like unhinged things and stories to follow, as well as our personal bias, what we're rooting for. Hopefully give you like a little bit of insight, but more in like things to look out for. And, like, interesting, like, fun storylines that we're excited about. But then we're also doing a second podcast next week because Drive to Survive drops next week. So we're going to be doing a full reaction pod to that where you're going to be able to, in a creative way, watch along with us and react with us. 
so we will give you more information about that, but a normal Thursday pod next week, except it's a special full grid walk episode where we're going to walk through the full grid instead of just doing it during the yellow sector notes. She and did then the it, thing where she said the name. I said the thing. <laughs> and then a special, probably Saturday night, Sunday morning pod for Drive to Survive that drops on Friday next week. Uh, so that we have a new segment to debut. And it is called Overheated. I'm so excited. Podcasters, be warned. Your hot takes are overheating the tires. Overheated is what we're calling our hot takes segment. And we're finally at the end. The only car launch we have yet to see is Alpine. And unfortunately, they're just too late for our podcasting schedule. So we'll react to that on social media. We're both going to give our two biggest hot takes from primarily the second week of car launches. Um, and then we're going to get to rate each other's hot takes. My first hot take, there's been a lot of speculation about how McLaren's car is going to perform this year. And there's some speculation that, you know, there have been even, I mean, not even speculation. They've been saying they're not too jazzed about it right now with the car that they're launching. So not only do I think that their car is going to be slow, I see like we're going to see them kind of fall off like AlphaTauri last year. I think they're going to be back grid. I don't think this is going to be a midfield fight for McLaren this year. I think they're going to be hanging out um, with maybe Haas. I don't know. That's maybe taking Haas into my take. So I'm going to just say I think we're not going to be seeing too many points for McLaren this year. What a hot take. Okay, that gets a full cha-ching for hotness level. Um, well, if you asked anyone on like the McLaren PR or technical staff right now, I think they would agree with you with how much they hedge their performance coming into this season. And the fact that they've already announced their first upgrade package, which is definitely not a good sign. Um, I don't know if I agree with said hot take. I think that... Uh, not having their technical director show up to the launch to talk was not a great sign for how they feel. Um, I don't think they'll fall back that far, but I think Alpine will definitely start the season faster than them. Yeah. Based on, I don't know, but the stopwatch could be interesting. Who knows? Who knows? My first hot take, is it super creative? And it's that Mercedes would not make the car black if it's going to be a tractor. So my hot take is that Mercedes will be competing with Red Bull in race one of the season and at least a clear second having moved past Ferrari. So that's our hope alarm. And we'll just use that every time we're just too hopeful because F1, it's easy to just, you know, let ourselves run away with that. And we have to remind ourselves of the technical perspective. But I unfortunately right now I'm on your side with this. <laughs> I think they would not make it black unless it was fast. I think we're about to see a really competitive fight this year at the front. And not to remove Ferrari from the conversation, but not as hopeful, maybe. Whatever. <laughs> All right, what's your second I agree. take? I think Aston Martin's going to be competitive this year and could possibly, depending on how Ferrari goes, be part of the at least third in constructors possibility depending on <laughs> I wouldn't say this is hope I wouldn't necessarily call myself an Aston Martin fan okay but Just I'm my... a Lance Stroll fan so I was calling the hope alarm at myself because as you were talking I was like yes 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 100% I didn't know what else to give you but I I don't know their side pods are the most dramatic side pods we've seen so far and they were very bullish so i don't i don't think you're wrong but i need to call the hope alarm mostly on me because <laughs> we appreciate you know self-acknowledgement hope alarm on yourself totally allowed i'm also again <laughs> seeing this before we're seeing anything from alpine so maybe my hot take will change but as of right now that's my hot take my final hot take and we can put a bow on car launch season with this, is that Ferrari proved that their dysfunctional antics still remain by all the dysfunction that happened at their car launch. 
including but not limited to Charles not knowing where to stand, the fact that Carlos didn't end up running the car during the launch, um, as well as many other things. Were they able to organize the stands of people? Yes. But there were definite moments where I was like, someone didn't tell someone what to do here, and I don't take that as a good omen for the race team. That's the sound of Ferrari's tires just deteriorating. But <laughs> that's the bad take sound. <laughs> I thought because... it was a good take. No, no, no. I know. I was going to say, I just feels like the appropriate sound because right now I'm just trying to be slightly positive. I mean, we saw some porpoising, bouncing with Charles yesterday. We did not get to see Carlos drive the car. It was a whole big ordeal and discombobulation but that's what ferrari does that's who ferrari is but maybe they'll just be fast but they're still even if they are fast if everything works out and they're fast they will still be as dysfunctional so can you believe andretti's back in the news again uh since we've got in stefano domencali's statements that were made this week we're already back talking about andretti's bid into f1 ah uh, nicole do you know what that means what does that mean? Welcome, one and all, to the first edition of F1's Battle at the F1 Ring. This is the first battle of the 2023 season. You could be anywhere in the world today, but you are here at the Gridwalk Arena. And for that, we thank you. Today we believe it's going to be a particularly entertaining fight. We have four competing parties, all with different rooting interests. They will get introductions by me, your announcer, and then an opportunity for an opening statement. We will let you know who is giving that opening statement, and Nicole is going to be cosplaying. In the first quarter, the challenger, Andretti Automotive! Led by the 1991 IndyCar champion Michael Andretti and his father Mario, the 78 F1 world champion and four-time IndyCar champ! They are here challenging for a spot on the F1 grid as a new team! After failing to impress F1 for the last 12 months, Andretti have partnered up with General Motors for a flashy, glorified sponsorship deal! Via their Chevy brand, GM is actively involved in most American racing series. Andretti is hoping that this will push them over the edge into joining the F1 grid as soon as next year. Andretti, would you like to give your opening statements? Good morning, everyone. Uh, if you're in America, everywhere else in the world, good afternoon, good night, wherever you may be. My name is Michael Andretti, and I'm here to talk to you about why you should be so excited about us entering the grid. My father and I have a long history in racing. We have a really strong presence, and we really would be it would, we really see it as an honor to be joining the 10 teams already currently on the grid. We have a fantastic, beautiful partnership with GM. We, are an, we, as an American team, want to join with an American company that has a strong brand and tradition, just like the Andretti family and racing. We guarantee that we will be bringing so much success and great posit positive press to Formula One. And we're not just throwing money. I promise we'll be so much more than just a bank flow to a team of some sort. And just see the growing, excited American fan base to have another American team on the grid. Just search us on Twitter. You'll see all of the exciting people saying great things about how we want Andretti on the grid. And of course, more teams mean more drivers. And who doesn't want more drivers on the grid? I'm only seeing positives here. We would be honored if they had us and we're ready to dive in with GM at our side. 
Well, that was more polite than most of their statements have been so far. Directly to their right, supporting the Andretti bid. Also in the ring, the FIA! Led by President Mohammed Ben Salayev, their notable contribution contributions to the sport of F1 in the last 12 months are attempting to silence the drivers as much as possible and allowing a recovery tractor on track in low visibility conditions. The exact same thing that killed a driver at that exact same track. Their claim to fame recently has been their inability to read and follow the rule book they wrote. Recently, the FIA president has learned the power of a tweet. In creating headlines, he seemed to like doing all off-season. He has been told to stop and has agreed to leave the day-to-day -day operations to the rest of the FIA team in hopes of keeping his job. FIA, you have clearly not sent Mohammed Ben Salayam for your opening statements, but you may still give some. Why do you support Andretti? Hello, everyone. We are so excited here to be talking about one of the most flourishing aspects of motorsports formula one and a fantastic opportunity to welcome an american icon to the grid and we're only seeing benefits here this can only bring positive things and of course we're always looking out for what's best for every single athlete every single party involved in our sports we're always making sure that we're doing what's best for their success for their profitability and just making sure that everything stays very lucrative and successful to the left of the challengers and their supporters we have formula one management also known as fom the team put in place by Liberty Media to increase the financial value of F1 and its overall popularity. They gave us races such as Miami and Vegas to conflicting reports. Yeah, we'll see if people like it. Notably, they implemented a social media strategy that finally made their drivers celebrities and signed off on DTS, which most... <laughs> I think I'll keep the break in that case. Woo! This is, this is hard to do on my voice. It's right, the mark is black. <laughs> the mark is black. Which most... <laughs> which most definitely increased the popularity of the sport around the globe. They're a bottom-line first corporation intend to care more about the show instead of the sport. F1 CEO Stefano Domenicali gave an interview to Sky Sports this week, which prompted this entire ring. He asked everyone... I, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm breaking so much. Because this is <laughs> the most ridiculous, hysterical thing in the world, that's why. He is quoted in saying that Andretti should probably refrain from saying bad things about the F1 teams because he needs their votes to get on the grid. Which I have to say, as the unbiased announcer, is not a bad point! <laughs> Their most recent knockout punch in the F1 ring was successfully recruiting Audi to join F1 as an engine manufacturer for 2026! FOM, your opening statements! Hello everyone. Bottom line, what we're here to talk about today is the absolute value financially across the board in many areas of Formula One. And the addition of an, another team on the grid right now is putting that growth, the flourishment we have seen, completely at risk. We currently have 10 teams on the grid. We want 10 competitive teams on the grid, not just the top two, three teams fighting for their uh, championship. Think about how incredible it would be for the sport overall if every team had a competitive edge in the sport. Adding another team to the grid right now when there are still teams suffering and trying to perform budget-wise and just performance of their vehicle, it is better to have less teams with higher quality. Then more people can get invested in the current sport, 
And if Andretti wants to join, there is a process and perfect example how Audi is coming in in 2026 and coming in with a current established team, making a big purchase and not diluting the Formula One brand by adding an additional team to the grid. group to join the F1 ring for this battle are the 10 teams. These 10 owners represent the 10 racing teams of F1 who are all attempting to create value for their stockholders and maybe win a race. They're not looking to take a pay cut, but I will let you all know that this is not a unified group on the grid today. We have an eight-team voting block that seem to be against adding new teams to the grid, but we have two teams who have gone rogue. We will allow for the eight teams to make an opening statement, as well as hear from McLaren and Alpine on their divided opinions. You may now make your opening statement. Hello, I, we are the eight teams that do not want Andretti to be joining in this fashion. We believe that there's a great process, and we firmly go with what FOM has already said. Hi, everyone. My name is Zach Brown. I am very close to the Andretti family, as you have seen Mario Andretti featured in our launch most recently. But uh, he's my friend, and uh, I just really think it'll be a great American face in addition to Formula One. It must be noted that even though Zach Brown is saying that publicly, he tends to vote with the aforementioned eight teams. LP, you are up. Uh, what game? More teams? There's going to be more money. More teams, more money. That it has to be exactly what it means. And who knows? Maybe then they need an engine supplier. And like we know one, we're we're pretty we're pretty great at that. Um, yeah, because. You know, GM, we're not worried about that. That's just, uh, that's all just money being thrown around. So we just see money coming in to us and only positives over here. So we're all for it. With tensions rising between the FIA and FOM, the FIA are looking for a win versus their rivals at Liberty. And all parties are looking to increase their financial outcomes and political power. Who will come out this battle of victor? I didn't know if your sentence was over, so I didn't. Cut. <laughs> this is the most ridiculous segment that we do. That's and crazy. It's my favorite one. Yeah. Um, I gave the disclaimer at the beginning, but obviously Nicole gave opening statements for every single team and was trying to just be silly. So if she Anything ridiculous she says in that segment, just know, or anything ridiculous I say in that segment, that we're, we're like playing roles. Yeah. This is all but, in front of it. Right. Because um, often we feel like F1 is a boxing ring and they're, they're all just throwing punches around. So, um, but uh, it was a big week, you know, with all the, the hard hitting quotes that Stefano gave in the Sky Sports interview, and so we thought it was time to bring in the F1 ring and and have a little chat. How are you feeling? So, almost basically from start to finish of that Sky Sports interview, my jaw was on the floor. They right. went in with the questions that we've been screaming for someone to answer and address, and it was so direct and forward. But um, yeah, so disclaimer, my opinion, I'm very much in the belief of I want this sport to be lucrative and healthy. It's the sport that I've come to love. And I very much fall on the sides of especially of the quotes of Toto and Christian recently of we want the sport to be healthy and everyone to be successful. And hey, I would love to see Gunther in a team that's doing really well. So I think there are ways for outside parties to come in to improve the sport overall and I don't think adding another team is uh, the answer to that. Or at least Andretti in particular. So obviously there are other teams we just haven't heard about. So I think the Andretti thing is interesting because they're being very public about it. And that is why Stefano in this interview on the nose said, maybe you shouldn't say bad things about people whose votes you need. Like calling the F1 teams greedy to the press is not going 
to win you votes. Um, which so I just I can't get over how dumb personally I think that is. So I think that's my problem with this entry. But I'm really with you in that I want to see good racing. I want to see as many competitive teams as possible. And Andretti hasn't proven to me that they're going to come on the grid and be competitive because starting an F1 team from scratch is hard. Mm -hmm. There's a reason that most of the teams that join the grid have to buy out existing teams because they already have infrastructure and people hired. And like, it's, Audi is investing in Sauber, not because they really like Sauber, but because it is a smart move to like go into a program with established roots and try to be successful that way. Um, so I just, I, I want to get to a point where we're not entering the season like we are right now, where I have a list in my head of seven teams that I know aren't going to win the championship and a solid three or four teams that I think is highly likely they're going to just be back markers because of who they are. And then like, we need to be in seasons where I think more than just Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull have a chance to win a championship because that's boring. So adding another, you know, Williams, like last year, or another Haas, to your point about Gunther, by adding Andretti as an, a team that needs to take five years to establish itself doesn't sound exciting, even though there's more drivers. Like, cool, more drivers, more cars doesn't mean, like, I want more competitive, personally. Yeah, I agree. And the public temper tantrum of it all is just makes it a lot worse of like, I don't want you coming in this way. And with Muhammad's tweets of, you know, oh, there's going to be a process. And I was like, what do you, you don't have one? And just how it all unfolded, especially when we have now seen like the beginnings of Audi and even, you know, Ford coming in just as like a monetary, like monetary partnership, anything in that way. Like we're seeing other companies come in in a way that just seems to flow so much more and not like, them Kool-Aid manning kicking down like a whole wall be like, we're here and gonna really mess stuff up. Like there's such ways to maintain the infrastructure for the betterment of the sport. And I I think an American team that actually embraces the fact that it's American team, unlike Haas, would be exciting. I think on the Andretti's is a, a great name. I think that would be exciting. But I'm not just going to blanketly take those two things like most people I'm seeing and be like, well, they're definitely going to be good for the sport. They've done nothing to prove to me they're going to be good to the sport. All they're doing is making noise. And I think you and I have a different perspective on this because a lot of our business brain gets infected into all of this. Um, and I broke while doing this because it is baffling to me that in a scenario where you know you need all these people's votes and support to just flame them publicly as your strategy. But we're Andretti. Have... We're Andretti. I'm Mario Andretti's son. Okay. Clearly, they're getting bad advice. And that's what's most really frustrating for me. Because I want Andretti on the grid. But why are you getting such bad advice? And then they hitch their wagon to going about this via the FIA, which is now not looking great, considering how Stefano has taken control of the situation with the quotes this week. So I hope they end up on the grid. But prove to me that you're not just going to be a backmarker because that's no fun. I don't want to see Colton Hurd on the grid in a bad car. I want to see Colton Hurd on the grid competing for wins. Mm -hmm. Because then it's like, what's the point? Like, great. We have another team coming in that's not competitive and then breaking up the prize pool. Doesn't make sense. And it's more than money. Yes, the sport, you do need a lot of money and so much of it is all about money, but... You can't just come in with $200 million and win a championship. Yeah. And people are sensitive to the elitism of F1. And I, in most cases, agree that F1 doesn't need to be as, like, stodgy and elite. And they can they can get some Amer American flash in there, I think, is good. Uh, but we aren't going to get fun American flash if they're just driving around in the back getting mm -hmm. laughed. Hey podcast listeners, Gossip Grid here, your guide to F1's paddock elites. Hello everyone to this week's Gossip Grid, and boy do we have some super things to talk about because this weekend, past weekend, was the Super Bowl. 
We're gonna talk more about who was there, what was happening, and everything going on. But of course, the Super Bowl is basically a giant convention of who's who, lots of brands, lots of businesses. Everyone's there, either has a lot of money, knows someone, or it's a great networking opportunity. And I can't wait to hopefully one day be one of those people. There's a reason that commercials cost $7 million uh, for a 30-second spot at the Super Bowl is because people have eyes on who is there and what's going on and who cares. So who was there? Oh my gosh, the Wolf Pack. Toto and Susie had seats at the 50-yard line. So first off, they had great seats for the game and for Rihanna. Unbelievable. Um, so are we thinking that the W14 was good because that, you know, Toto felt like he could take a little bit of a vacation? Just kidding. That's complete speculation. Uh, again, huge network opportunity for them. Then they were in Los Angeles. Then they were in New York. Who were they meeting with? Who were they talking to? I'm really hoping that there's some behind-the-scenes projects in the works for them, and especially with American companies or anything like that. And again, who else was there? Daniel Ricardo. That boy has so much time right now, and he's taking advantage of this extra time. And unfortunately, there was not a picture of Toto and Susie and Daniel together, which one day I hope to absolutely receive. He had a jam-packed couple of days in Phoenix. Not only did he attend the Super Bowl, but he also went to the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Don't tell Josh Allen, but Danny Rick was spotted hanging out with J.J. Watt, and J.J. Watt dubbed him as the quote-unquote people's champ. Um, So that's great, especially since J.J. Watt is a huge Haas fan. Um, It was kind of great to see him with Daniel Ricardo, since Daniel Ricardo is trying to grow in the American fan base. They're actually both represented by the same sports talent agency, so now that J.J.'s retired, Ricardo has some extra time on their hands. Maybe they'll see some things with him together. Or we're going to see a lot more of Daniel's presence growing in America. He was also featured with the Fox... He was also featured with Fox Sports Impacto... Fox Sports of Mexico account. Very random with a bunch of pictures of fans. And then Daniel Ricardo. He was wearing his digital camera around his neck. We have yet to see those. So Daniel, please stop gatekeeping those photos. I want to see all the Super Bowl performance and all the shots you took of Rihanna. Uh, This is the only thing I will mention about any of the teams that played. Daniel Ricardo, prior to the game, did pick the Eagles to win. And that is important for me to inform Brianna about. And that's all we'll talk about with the Super Bowl. Yesterday, or earlier this week, I can't even think of track of what day it is. Esteban, my bestie, is really just pulling at my heartstrings. He introduced his brand new helmet. So first, throwback to Coda. If you can't see behind me, uh, if you're not watching, I am a huge Spider-Man fan. So when Esteban introduced his Spider-Man helmet, boy, oh boy, did I get excited. And then we also saw him receive a Spider-Man gift from Daniel Ricardo during Secret Santa. So Esty is my bestie. And then surprise, his helmet, black, red lines, Gave good Spider-Man vibes, and then he basically confirmed it when posting a picture on his Instagram story of Spider-Man and Venom. So, SD Bestie, love you. You really are A1 and the best friend forever. And last thing I gotta mention, because it is the prince of fashion on the grid, because Lewis is the king, but we got to see Joe in a Dior campaign for Dior China, as he is recently a new brand ambassador for them. I really just want to see more drivers like Joe and Lewis embracing fashion on the grid. Hopefully this year that they're seeing fans really enjoy and react well to Joe and Lewis arriving in such extravagant outfits with designers. Come on, drivers. Team up with more brands. Get great outfits. It's great PR, and I want to see it on the grid. You can show up and have your own red carpet moment. And that's all I got for this week's Gossip Grid. See you next week. All right, I get to have my dramatic game show voice twice, but I'm going to be a little less dramatic than the F1 ring. It's been a, it's been a dramatic type of day. Nicole, we're going to play a new game. I love games. Yep. It is called Red Flag. I think it's I a new game. I know well. <laughs> it's going to sweep the F1 season, and we're going to speculate wildly on what could possibly make a couple of the drivers on the grid leave their current teams. I'm going to give you a series of potential things that could happen over the next three seasons that could lead to the end of Charles at Ferrari. And if we have time, we'll do a second iteration of the game and talk about Lando leaving McLaren, potentially. Both things 
have been wildly speculated in the news, like does Charles need to leave Ferrari in order to win a championship? Does Lando need to leave McLaren to win a championship? Likely yes. That one's a little more obvious. Tell us I'm how you really feel. <laughs> right. Um, each thing I'm going to tell you is, of course, made up, but could potentially happen. And each of them stack on top of each other. And so I'm going to say, hey, this happened. And you, in the mindset of Charles Orlando, need to tell me whether we keep pushing. That doesn't make, which is, I don't, that's not going to make me tip over the edge. Not the straw that breaks the camel's back. I'm, a, I'm not ready to leave my team. Or is that the event? All right, this has been too many things. Brianna, you have said too many dramatic events. At this point, I'm done. We're going to box. Box, box. That's it. Okay, prefacing. I do not know what any of these events are. I'm coming into this completely blind. This is a live reaction and response. When Brianna pitched this game, I was like, 100%. I support. I'm excited. But I have no idea what was about to happen. Nope. Um, now, all of the events, of course, I'm just going to reiterate again. Like, I'm talking about things that haven't happened yet, because we're going to talk about the 23, 24, and 25 season if, if Nicole hasn't punted and decided that I'm not re-signing. The reason this goes through the 25 season is that both of these contracts are through the 25 season, and haven't, neither of them has signed a new contract for 26 and beyond yet. Uh, and for all of you listening, please tweet us at, at @gridwalkshow with what hypothetical event you would have said it's time to pit if Nicole goes longer or shorter than you would have. Um, or if you're watching on YouTube, which by the way, you can watch on YouTube, leave us a comment with this below. All right, Nicole, do you want to start with Charles or Lando? Oh, I got to start with Charles. Charles, I first want to apologize for whatever I'm about to put you through because I don't want to put you through turmoil because I love you, but well, we're starting with Well, to Charles. be fair. I'm putting him through hypothetical turmoil, and then you just need to decide if it's too much. If you, Ferrari's golden boy, have decided you're going to a different team in 2026 because you're done and over with it. My brain is ugh, on fire. Okay. We're, <laughs> we're starting with the 2023 season. Event number one, Ferrari at preseason testing next week is on top of the timesheets. But by week two, it's clear that Mercedes have caught up to them and Red Bull is the fastest team. Push the slap. We're going to keep okay. going. We're going to keep going because uh, it's nothing I feel like he hasn't necessarily experienced before. Event number two of the 2023 season, Max continues to talk to you in every cool down room about how much backing and support he is getting from Red Bull as the number one driver for the first half of the season. Oh, no. Oh. Push the slap. Yeah, that's just sad. That's all I gotta say. That's just, that's just sad. I did try to make these decently realistic. Yeah, they're so real. <laughs> it is the summer break, and the Ferrari power unit has blown up two times for you already this season. Oh, that's you weren't it. necessarily oh, okay. in uh, racing win positions, but reliability is still an issue, is what I'm implying here. Push the slap. I'm having some deja vu, but it's okay. Yep. It is Brazil, so it's later in the season, and you're having to do a ton of press about how the plan was actually year two with Vassar, and that was actually the target. Is championship next year? I'm just so worried. This is all so possibly accurate of potential things to happen. Push the slap. We're going. All right, next we're moving season. into the the 2024 season. I expected you to push through. It's it's pretty, and I made this pretty tame because you know we have three seasons. All right, and Charles loves Ferrari. Right. It, it is going to take probably a lot for him to give right. up on his Ferrari dream. Right. Uh, but, you know, it was Seb's dream, too. Uh, it is the 2024 season. Ferrari is flirting with a different driver on the grid a bit too publicly when you're supposed to be Mr. Ferrari going into the season. Push the slap. 
Ugh, gross. <laughs> Ferrari doesn't give any team orders at race 12, so about halfway through the season, because you're level on points in the drivers with Carlos, but Ferrari at this point can still win the constructors. He's no, there's hope. There's hope. He's still there. There's still hope. Mm-hmm. He's probably angry. But He's hope. angry. Oh, I'm nervous. This, these hypotheticals have me so nervous. So like normal, Ferrari started strong. You won race three, but it's been a while. You're in a position where you could win at Coda, so much later in the season. But the team picked the wrong tires for the third stint. God. I will let you know this is the last one of the 2024 season. He has one more year left on his contract. This is where I feel like it's going to get super spicy. Now we got to go. Let's okay. go. So at this Senior point, year. Charles still believes in your in your hypothetical scenario with my hypothetical things. Charles still believes he's not ready to leave Ferrari yet. He hasn't given up hope. We're rolling in to the 2025 season. I have three events that happen here. Oh my God. Um, also, by the way, if we don't get through all of them, I will tell the ending one. So everyone playing along can can tell me where they would have punted they might have already because i thought some of those 24 ones were rough yeah no the 24 ones had me rough but i just kept thinking charles loves ferrari and the story of if he were to do it mm-hmm. what an episode of drive to survive it'll be <laughs> <laughs> all right it's the 2025 season i'm okay, nervous okay happen. sorry <laughs> after a stunning 2024 season where he still has no plan to retire. Ferrari are now publicly flirting with re-signing Fernando Alonso leading into the next regulation cycle. I just got chills around like my everywhere. I'm oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You got pole at Monaco. But Ferrari messed up the pit stop for getting a tire. No! Oh, no! You only, there's only three for 2025? Mm-hmm. There's only one more after this. Oh, this is rough. I think I might box. That This is... That would be your yeah. tipping point? I'm boxing. Because 2025 at that point, if this boy still hasn't won Monaco, like, oh my God, he better be pulling a Kimmy and walking on a yacht and getting like hammered. <laughs> but I'm boxing because I can't even emotionally take that at that point. So Especially I'm calling it. All of this stacked. Yeah, and the so Fernando, like- all of that. I couldn't. Yep. Yep. Oh, I'm uh, pole. Oh my. Okay. I'll Box. let you know that my last one, if you pushed, was going to be. Um, Fred is fired right before the start of the new regulation set, and a new team principal is brought on to solve all the problems again. It was going to be my last one of the 2025 season. And I think I would get to that point and say, I don't know if it would necessarily be Charles deciding to leave at that point. I think someone would be making that decision for him. And it, yeah. If, honestly, Ferrari like loves a scapegoat. So if we get to the end of Charles's contract and he's not used as a scapegoat the way that Seb was, I'd be floored. And I agree. Right. Uh, so I do think we have enough time if you want to do what will it take for Lando to leave McLaren? Let's do it. Let's put him through some stuff. Okay. Uh, again, remember, these are all made-up events that seem pretty realistic that could happen. I will let you know that they're less dramatic than the Ferrari events because I just think no one can match the drama of Ferrari. Of course not. It's their brand. What will it take for Lando to leave McLaren? It was the 2023 season. McLaren's rainbow Red Bull. Shout out to She Loves F1 for (laughs) giving me that name. Uh, It is not any faster or better to drive early in the season than the 2022 car. Push the slap. My hot take, I'm expecting worse, so... Uh, McLaren announces a deal with Honda for 2026, but it's just a title sponsorship. Push the slap. <laughs> All right, final one of the 2023 season. Piastri started the season slow, 
but ended the season on par with Lando. Due to early successes, people believe that Lando dominated Piastri, but Lando knows that's not the truth and that they're much closer on pace than Steve. This is getting to sensitive subjects. Push the flap. <laughs> but he'll keep going. All right, 2024. Three events still here. Okay. In the offseason, some of Zach's IndyCar drivers, who he's been stringing along, promising an F1 seat, start to make some serious noise about actually wanting that said seat. But Zach doesn't immediately shut them down. So he doesn't secure any of his driver's seats, making Lando feel good. He's like, oh, yeah, you know what? They're pretty fast. We should consider them for a seat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Thanos was just collecting stones. <laughs> McLaren is still not a solid best of the rest, competing with now two other teams for P4 and the Constructors halfway through the season. Keep going. After a long 2024 season, McLaren ends P5, but Piastri ends the season with more points than Lando. Still hasn't won a race. Oh! It's a tipping point. I'm gonna... No, we'll go into 2025. We'll go. We'll go. We'll start the year. I have four, four events for 2025. Four, okay. McLaren officially announces that it's going into the 2026 regulation set as a Mercedes customer team. Mm-hmm. That end of end of event. Oh, end of end of event. Yes. Okay. Oh boy. We're good. Lando starts to no longer be the media darling and is being questioned a lot for having failed to win his first race up until this point when most of his peers have. I want to keep. No, no, no! Like I'll give you the rest of them if you actually. No, 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 no! no, But I don't think this would be. I think it's getting there. It's really getting close. There's two left, right? Two left. Yep. Okay. Halfway through the 25 season, at this point, the regulations have kind of converged. Some of the like back markers have closed up, so the McLaren drivers are both podiuming, podiuming when the top teams crash or mess up but they're still only fighting for P4 in the Constructors. There's a reasonable gap there. But more trophies. Hmm. I think this person might be writing it to the end. Yeah, he might. You might come to the end and say, no, he resigns after all these things. So here's my last one. We'll see if he, he resigns in your book or not. By the end of the season, Piastri wins a race, but Lando does not. All right, box, box. Done. <laughs> Boy's done. Boy's gone. Boy's out. Boy's somewhere else. Boy, yeah. Done. Yeah, That's if it. If that happens with another teammate, I think he would. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. yeah, for sure. Although, with how we've seen McLaren handle some things, I feel like there could have there could be an announcement before he even gets to that. Also, again, out of his control. But if that does not happen, that would do it. That would do it in. He'd be like, I gotta go somewhere else. This is, it's just not me. But, okay. So I, I do think the silliness of, this is like a fun game. I like this game. Like, where do you raise the red flag? But uh, I do think it's silly that we're three seasons out from the end of their contract. And both of these are huge topics in the media right now. Of like, Do they leave their teams? Like, we have a while to go. And a lot of dramatic things can happen between now and then. But and you, I'm sure they will. You went much further than I thought you were going to, particularly with Charles. There were a couple moments there where I thought, I was like, oh, I, I would hit box at this The point. Fernando Alonso one really almost had me there because I'm like, oh my God. But I'm glad I stopped. I'm glad it was Monaco that put me over. I'm glad I he held out because if going through all of that and then that Monaco situation happened, 100%, I think he'd be like, it's great. I'm done. That's it. I was like, how can I make all of these events 
realistic enough that you're like, oh, that would, your, your brain isn't going, that would never happen, but dramatic enough that like, they're yeah. on the like, oh my God, that's incredibly yeah. dramatic scale. Yeah, the power unit failure one, I'm just like, God, if this is still an issue, then yeah, I would also dip, but you know what? It's familiar now, so we could write a little bit. I'm glad I got to some crazy chaos, but that was <laughs> lots of fun. There was, I mean, all of those were red flags for sure. So definitely leave a comment on the YouTube video at what point you would have said, nope, I'm out. I'm signing with Red Bull or Mercedes or a different team or Audi, whatever it is. Um, or tweet us at Gripwalk Show. We want to hear if you would have taken it as far as Nicole. Nicole really held on strong for both of these drivers. Yeah. I was hopeful, I guess. All right, box, box. Yellow Sector notes, not the fastest walk around F1, but we will complete a full lap around the paddock, hitting every F1 garage. All right, normally I've been reading these notes in the order of the 2022 constructor standings. Now we are in a transition point between seasons. I will be moving into whatever the current 23 standings are, but today I'm completely shaking it up because there's not a lot of notes that we haven't hit on today. So we're gonna do this slightly differently. It's shakedown season. Red Bull and Alpine both had secret shakedowns this week at Silverstone. I don't know why they're the only two teams that are doing this secretly. Mercedes, Williams, and Haas also kept Silverstone very popular, and they did their shakedowns there. Shockingly, some teams decided not to go to Silverstone. Both Ferrari and Alphatari did their shakedowns in Italy this week. Ferrari also launched an app, Justice for Seb, even Justice for Alonso. Look it up. Alfa Romeo gets two notes. One was already said by Nicole, which is that Joe did some amazing Dior modeling this week. They also did their shakedown at Barcelona. My Aston Martin note is blank because they did their car launch. I have nothing else to say. I guess Fernando Alonso's on TikTok, which I is a sentence I never thought I would say. Not on my Unless, <laughs> And lastly, McLaren is already saying they're unhappy with their launch car and they have a big upgrade plan for Baku which is not a great way to launch the season. And for those of you who are McLaren fans, that's rough. I'm really sorry. Last but not least, the Mercedes is black. I can't believe the Mercedes is black. That is the Yellow Sector notes for the week of February 16th completed. How was my sector time today, Nicole? It was as fast as I hope the W14 will be. <laughs> I hope it's faster. Thank you, voiceover man, the entire Mercedes team for giving us hope for this upcoming season, and our four-legged executive producers. Everyone, please turn on auto-downloads, rate and review the pod. You have no idea how much it helps us out. Hey, you, listening on Apple Podcast. We're really hoping to get five reviews by the time we have lights out in Bahrain. So pretty, pretty, please let us know what you love, what you'd like to see us do. We want to continue to improve our show. Make sure you follow us on every social media platform, whichever ones you prefer. We are at Gridwalk Show absolutely everywhere. You can join us for some daily Gridwalks. But we will be back every Thursday. And remember all the special bonus fun we have next week. We hope you join us. Whew, today was a grid run, for sure, yes. not a grid walk. <laughs>